Kanye, what has my son got to do with anything? I'm not too sure if I understand it completely, but everything is connected somehow. We have to move quickly or it could get out of hand real fast. You're at the prison near. Yes. How did you know? Ah, oh, sorry I forgot. You're like a paranormal predictive text, ne? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, now, the Wairua? Someone there at the prison? Aye, Akoroma. We need him there too. When it all goes down, he needs to be in the room. Ewa, that's not gonna be easy, especially... After the incident today? Mm, yeah, I know. Whatever you have to do, do it. And not just for you, but also for Paura. And potentially for everyone's sake. Koroti headed home to grab a few things. He tried to sneak through the house without his wife catching him, which would mean being sent to the shop. Or worse, having to answer questions. He should be fine at this time of the day, as she's usually at the back in the garden. Koroti rings Paura before he forgets. Kia ora, Paura. I need you to meet me uh, at the prison. Wait, what do you mean? Why? You have to be there. It's serious. Real serious. Okay. Thank you. I'll, uh, I'll see you there then, eh? He turns <gasps> and almost jumps out of his skin. It's his wife. What have you done? Oh, nothing, honestly. You better not be up to something. Oh, of course not. But I do have to go, it's urgent. Of course, but I need some milk and bread from the shop. He grabs a couple of things from the house. He jumps in the car and speeds off. Tekani, in the meantime, senses that the conduit of the kehua is underneath the house. Right underneath the hallway is the corner of a carving sticking up out of the dirt. It's a carved head from the bow of an old wakatauwa. He wraps it up tightly in a black cloth. He jumps in his car and heads out to the prison. Koroti arrives at the prison first, followed by Paura. They hongi. It's not long before Tekani turns up. Hey, it's the Ghostbuster. <laughs> what are you doing here? Koro turns to his son. Uh, you two have obviously met. Hey, me and Mr. Mindreader. Hey, Ghostbuster. Do you know what you're going to say now? Yes. <sighs> She's sure good. So, what's the plan? Okay, uh, so a few things to understand before we go. Gehua don't just come from nowhere. They need an anchor, a vessel to shelter inside. Normally, they are inanimate objects, like a ponum or a carving or a rock. They can possess a body for a limited time, but the longer they stay in there, the weaker they become. They eventually need to return to their shelter, their object to recharge, so to speak. Oh, like a phone? Exactly, Paul. Just remember, they're not supposed to be in this world. It looks like the kehua from the Kohanga 
may have punched a hole through somehow. We have to close it. Who? How? Not sure yet. Well, at least the Kehua from the Kuanga isn't here. Hmm. Actually, he is. Don't ask. I'll fill you in when we get inside. When they arrive, they are met by the head officer who advises them that Takakino, the Koroua, has gone into a deep sleep, perhaps a coma. It's difficult to tell, but no one has been able to rouse him. Koroti hesitates, but eventually tells him there are suspicions that the Koroua is possessed and that Tekani is here to help. Does the Koroua have a neck pendant of some sort? I didn't see anything around his neck. Yes, he wears it all the time, but weirdly he wears it backwards. That explains why Koroti can't remember seeing one. Tekani hasn't told Koroti or Paura that he suspects that the kehua from the Kohanga has taken possession of Paura. He has never confronted two kehua at the same time, but his instincts are telling him that the answer to their salvation is to bring them together. When they get to the room, Takakino, the Koroua, is already there and has been chained to a portable hospital bed. Koro, eh, just pop yourself up there and relax. Aroha my Koro. Tekani handcuffs him to the bed. Kaita boy, not too tight. Hi, kaita boy. This is all for our safety, including your own. The bone pendant is placed on a desk between them. Bara, put this carving on that table over there. Tekani reaches into his bag. He pulls out a can of fly spray and a lighter. Ghostbuster! What do you want me to do? When the time comes, you'll know. Alright, we need to draw him out and back into that town. Okay. Let's do this. Paura was expecting Tekani to lead them in prayer, maybe a karakia or two, but no. His approach is unique. Hey, hitchhiker! Yes, you! Tekani is trying to get the kehua to respond. Hey, how about you stop being a sissy boy and come out and say hello, hmm? Come on, don't be rude now. You're not scared of little old me, are you? I thought you were supposed to be tough. Hiding behind an old man, that doesn't say much about you, does it? Koroti's eyes roll back, so it's just the whites of his eyes showing. He starts to twitch like he's having a bad nightmare. Come on, you're starting to bore me. Are you even in there? Or did you drop out when Koro went to the Farepaku? Koro's head whips around looking at Tekani directly in his eyes. His eyes are pitch black now. Sorry, Koro T can't take your call right now, but if you leave your name and number after the tone, I'll be sure to hunt you down and bleed you real slow and peel the flesh off your rotting corpse. Beep! Whoa, nice job. That beep sounded authentic. The beast's head turns violently to power. He hesitates and breathes in like he's smelt something. His neck twists a little. 
Zora looks behind to see what the beast is looking at. Bekani recaptures the beast's attention. Yoo-hoo! Over here, sweetie! Koro's head turns back. The beast starts yanking at the handcuffs, trying to break them. Tekani continues to insult the beast, trying to draw him out of Koroti's body. Come on! Didn't mommy and daddy teach you that one day you're going to have to ditch the blankie? The beast yells and pulls at the handcuffs. The beast knows that he's safe inside Koroti. To harm him would also mean harming Koroti. The downside is that the beast's power is limited to the strength of Koroti, a 65-year-old man. The beast continues to try and free himself. His motions more frantic. Blood is now dripping from Koroti's hands. Do you have a name? Hmm? No? How about I make one up for you, eh? How about you? Koretake? Oh, Hako Hako? Oh, maybe a Pakeha name like Poindexter. Oh, hey, what about Sally? In the deepest of voices that cracks the floor. Oh, my God! <laughs> I tell you, you'd piss your pants! <laughs> oh, too late! The beast identifies himself. Oh, my God! My name is... It's a primal sound, like tree leaves crunching. It's an old language that hasn't been heard since the creation. You call me Tane. I am one, but we are legion. His voice raises until there are many voices shouting at the end. Powder nudges Tekani. What does he mean? He's Tane. The Kehua is one of the faces of Tane Mahata. It's difficult to explain, but each name or face is like a split personality. All the same person that can exist independently, if that makes sense. And Tane, like the other Atua, had many. This face is one of the bad ones. The one that took Hine Titama, a daughter, as his wife. As punishment, Tane was never allowed to forget his wrongdoing. And this part of him was condemned to relive the harm, relive the despair, over and over and over. The bed Koroti is on begins jerking left and right. Koroti begins to rise off the bed. His handcuffs prevent him from leaving the bed completely. His arms and legs buckle as his body rises and when his limbs can go no further, they pull the bed off the ground. His limbs take the weight but look like they will eventually snap off under the weight. Koro's back snaps as it arches high towards the ceiling. His jaw unhinges and his mouth opens wide and bright yellow bile oozes out of his mouth. His body continues to violently writhe side to side. The bed starts to spin, slowly at first. It picks up pace spinning faster and faster until it's a blur. The handcuffs snap and Koroti goes flying across the room, his body slamming into the wall. The bed is sent in the other direction. 
From the twisted metal of the wreckage, a man rises. It looks like an ordinary man, apart from the fact that he's completely naked. <laughs> oh, congratulations! You found me! Tekani begins his karakia. They are short karakia in between Korero at the beast. Your time is up, old one! Go back under whatever rock you crawled out from! Koro belongs here! He is not yours! Pointing at Koroti, thank Tekani. Let me see. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. He points to Baura. Dessert. Oh yeah, yes please. That'd be nice. Baura's body goes limp. He starts shaking, his body snaps and bends forward, his head touching the ground. From the lump on the back of his neck shoots a claw, then an arm, followed by the head of the beast that roars and shakes. It grabs Powder's shoulders and pulls the rest of its eight-foot carcass, covered in slime and blood, onto the floor. The back of Powder's neck closes behind the beast. Tani's human arms shoot out with speed, his arms transforming into vines. They grab two by the throat and lift him straight up in the air, smashing his head into the ceiling before smashing him back to the floor and then into the ceiling again. Two's hands turn into blades. He slices Tane's hands off before he can smash him into the roof again. Tane screams in agony. Two runs at Tane and grabs Tane by the skull, pulls him in close. Two breathes on Tane. His breath is steam that melts Tane's face. Tekani had been hoping for this moment. A distraction. He seizes the moment. This is his chance to send the two beasts into oblivion. He has to wait for the right moment when the two of them are forced to retreat to their modi, the carving and the pendant. He'll have to act fast as the recharge time is unpredictable. Tu and Tane, obsessed with destroying each other, seem to have forgotten the others in the room. Tane headbutts Tu as he hurtles into the wall behind him. Tane's face slowly returns to normal. Tane drops to one knee, exhausted from the battle. Tu also inhales deeply. A final defiant glance at one another and they both disappear. Tekani knows where to. Now is the time to strike. He takes his fly spray and lighter and with his makeshift flamethrower burns the carving to a crisp in a matter of seconds. The pendant takes a little longer but is soon completely melted. Both are destroyed. Tekani collapses on one of the chairs in the room. He rests his head back on the wall and indulges in the peace, glad that it's all over. He's about to check on the others when he hears a voice. Yoo-hoo! Over here, sweetie! It's a perfect replica of his own voice. Tane rises out of the body of the Krowa Takakimo. Oh, damn! That was, of course, the other possibility. The Kuro Watakakino is your home. But how? 
Aren't they living like food and start rotting the moment they're possessed, which is why you would normally need wood or stone? Oh, how is this possible? I'm special, I guess. Anyway, it's been nice chatting, but I have more important things to do. Time to say goodbye, Ghostbuster. I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> Tani shoots his hand forward to grab their cunning by the throat when it stops abruptly mid-flight. Tani tries to push his hand forward, but something is preventing it. Tane is shocked to see Takakino rise from the bed. His hands snap the handcuffs and he moves towards Tane. The Kroa is like the conscience of Tane, the good side. We have traveled together since I told Hinetitama to talk to the Bobo. But enough! I have never said the words ever. Kroa! I You know what that will do to me? To us? I. Tane lifts the Koroa and hurls him across the room. He bombards the Koroa in a flurry of punches that would end the life of a normal person. Tane pauses, thinking he has succeeded in stopping the Koroa. The Koroa, struggling to breathe, There's one last moment of defiance, then Tani is gone. Ai, ai, kakakino. Seeing that the Koroa is free of whatever had been controlling him, they hug, cry, and laugh before turning to Tekani. Thank you. Kaite pai koe. Ai, Koro. I'm fine. I'm okay too if anyone's interested. The prison guards come in, puzzled by the state of the room. Koroti asks, Well, I thought you would have come in guns blazing. Could have been helpful. Well, uh, according to our screen, nothing happened. He looks around at the carnage in the room. Care to explain? Uh, well, another time, eh? Before Takakino goes to check out his wounds, Koroti has a chance to say goodbye. Goodbye, old friend. Let's have a korero. Sooner rather than later, ne? Aye, old friend. Aye, Lera. Thank you, Tekani. I hope I never see you again. No offense. Ah, no, none taken. Uh, I hope I never see you again either. Especially you, Bara. You admit, who the heck are you? <laughs> Take care, Ghostbuster. Koroti turns to his son. I have one last Tanifa to attend to now. What? 
I have to grab a couple of things to calm the beast. What are we talking about? Flamethrower? Steaks? Milk and bread. <laughs> oh, better hurry up then. Pakikehua, brought to you by Te Wānanga o Aotearoa, with funding from Te Māngai Pāho. <laughs>